0: Welcome to the Ridge Life Podcast. We at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship trust this message will be an encouragement to you. Please join with us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Mike Byrd. We're going to be in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 24, and if you're just joining with us, we just started a new series here about being prepared and primarily looking at our Lord's sermon that he gave called the Olivet Discourse, and uh, we're going to be going through that. Last week, we had definitely began looking at this as the questions of what the disciples were asking as to what's going on, uh, when are these things going to be, and the Lord foretold of the uh, destruction of the temple. This answer that the Lord gives to the disciples about last things, coming things, Uh, it's it's really one of the longest recorded answers that is throughout the whole New Testament. It's the longest answer that the Lord ever gave to us throughout all of the Gospels here. And so last week we put into uh, context here what the disciples were asking, the question that they were asking. And uh, remember, the disciples didn't see the second coming. Uh, They didn't, they just saw Jesus coming. And him restoring the kingdom and everything happening. Uh, they didn't see everything that was going on in between. And uh, last week I gave you that illustration of looking at your hand. You know, you can see things in between, but when you look at it straight ahead, you can't see everything in between. And that's just exactly how the disciples uh, were looking at it. They were just looking at it and they saw just some things that were mentioned by the prophets but they didn't see everything in between. Now, you know, one thing that we must remember, I think is very important, is, uh, you know, everybody thinks about future things. Uh, we all do, and that's what, exactly what the disciples did as well. And, you know, it's very easy to look around the world that we're living in and to really begin to question, you know, are we living in the last days? Is this is this it? Are we living in the last days? And uh, you know, before we get to the Lord's answer about the sign of His coming and the end of the age, uh, I think it really is important to ask that question: Are we living in the last days? So this is what I want you to take away with you today. Jesus gives us indicators of the end of the age. Jesus gives us indicators of the end of the age. Now, as we look at our world, it's definitely easy to see that we are living in the last days, um, and, but in really, in, in fact, we, we have been living in the last days ever since Christ has, has left. Um, in fact, Paul wrote to uh, Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.15 about the characteristics of those uh, who are living in the last days. He says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, And, you know, looking at the world, I can say that the world has drastically changed in the last five years. Uh, For those of you that are older than me, uh, you could definitely look back and you could say the world has drastically changed in the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, What has happened? Well, the sinfulness of mankind has really grown worse and worse. People's deceitful and corrupt hearts have grown in want more and more. And uh, sin is abound it's run rampant. It's, uh, it, the truth is God is mocked today. Truth is not upheld. So let me give you a few headlines of some of the things that we've seen just in the past year of uh, things that we can definitely see in our world as to uh, things of, as pointing, boy, these, these times are really getting weird and, and, and terrible So here's just a few. Uh, Here's one. Generation Z is the least Christian generation in America uh, history that uh, Barna finds. Uh, They say in the article that teenagers today are the most non-Christian generation in American history as only four out of a hundred teens hold a true biblical worldview and one out of every eight teens identify as non heterosexual Um, The study also finds that 35% of Generation Z teens considered themselves to be atheist, agnostic, or not affiliated with any religion. These are people that are born between 1999 to 2015. Here's another one. Year in Review, USA Today warns you will get microchipped. Um, this was a huge thing that happened, uh, especially over here uh, in Wisconsin farm embedding microchips and employees to ditch the whole uh, uh, key cards and things. And you think about, it, how many of you own an iPhone? Uh, have you seen on your iPhone, you could do Apple Pay, right? Um, they're, they're moving towards uh, getting rid of things like that. So that way you can have a microchip. And with this, you can uh, go through airport scanner, scan passport or driver's license, open doors, start cars, operate home automation systems. Um, so just with the wave of the hand. Here's another one. Gender X, New York City adds third gender option to birth certificates. January 1st, 2019, debuted its option now for those born in New York City who don't identify as male or female are able to select a non-binary gender category on their birth certificates now. And uh, this is not the only place. uh, Oregon, California, Washington, and New Jersey also offer this option. Here's one. Between 6,000 and 10,000 churches in the U.S. are dying each year, and that means that over 100 will die this week. Um, today, less than 20% of all Americans attend church on a regular basis. And as a result, churches are dying in very large numbers. And this is a trend that appears to be accelerating. And really what I think that is, this is just the separating of the wheat and the tares. Here's another one. Almost half of U.S. births happen outside marriage, signaling a cultural shift. 40% of all births in the U.S. now occur outside of wedlock, and this is up 10% from 1970. And this is huge because we have children now that are growing up in a world without a father, without an actual picture of a marriage. And uh, this is going to have profound effects in uh, years to come. Here's one Satanic Temple protests Ten Commandments monument with goat headed statue. Uh, This was uh, over here in uh, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Here's here's what the article said. It was there, then it wasn't, like an apparition that happens to involve a forklift, a truck, and a 22-hour drive. A bronze statue of a goat-headed and winged creature appeared for a handful of hours at the foot of the state capitol in Little Rock, Arkansas on Thursday. I present to you Behomet, Lucian Greaves, co-founder of the Satanic Temple told the cheering crowd that they gathered for the First Amendment rally. Uh, Another thing here is a survey by Pew Research Center found that uh, uh, 0.4% of Americans between 1 and 1.5 million people in America identify as Wicca or pagan. Folks, we don't live in a Christian nation. (laughs) Um, It's very, uh, very against God today. Here's one, 4,000% explosion in kids identify as transgender today. Docs perform double mastectomies on healthy teen girls. Uh, The number of people identifying as transgender is on the rise in the United States of America and the United Kingdom, including many children and teens. This year, the American Academy of Pediatrics published findings that more teenagers are beginning to use non-traditional gender terms to self-identify. And really, you can see a lot of this is the push of the LGBTQ agenda to children. Um, This is a combination of several several articles that I came across. Uh, Here's just a few. LGBT activist rewrites American classic Little Women makes main character lesbian. The new Netflix adaptation of the 1908 novel Anne of Green Gables has been revised to include multiple homosexual characters. A new TV series of Batwoman is now depicted as a lesbian. Two new animated television shows about drag queens for children. For children. Have debuted Drag Tots, a show about toddler drag queens. And a Netflix announced the animated Super Drags, a show for children about drag queens who rescue the world's glitter from the evil villains. Uh, The show Good Morning America promoted a child drag queen on their show recently. Uh, Good Morning America devoted a segment to drag artist Desmond Napolis. You know, Jesus tells us that before his return, it'll be like the days of Noah and Lot. Matthew 24, 37 through 39, but as the days of Noah were so also the son of, coming of the Son of Man be, for as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not that the flood came and took them all away, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Genesis 6, 5, 11 through 12 says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil Continually. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. So are we living in the last days? Yes, we are. So when is Christ returning? How will we know? Um, Is it gauged by the corruption of our world? Are we living in a time right before Jesus comes? Are we at the very end of the age? Uh, The Lord gives us some signs of here in his coming. And and as I left with you uh, last week, uh, that I would begin here talking about what the Lord said. So let's pick up here uh, what Jesus says here, Matthew 24, 4 through 14. Uh, We're just going to kind of give an overview of these, but we'll deal with one specific one here uh, in verses 4 and 5. Uh, So first of all, what I want you to see is the end will not come till we see birth pains. Look what Jesus says here. Uh, Jesus answered them. Verse number four, see that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am Christ. They will lead many astray. You will hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed for this must take place. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are but the beginning of the birth pains. They will deliver you up to tribulation, put you to death. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will rise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So how will we know we are in the very moments before Christ? And so in these verses 4 through 14, Christ really describes many of the signs of his coming. You know, people, he says here, will be coming and saying, I am Christ. They'll be deceiving. There'll be wars. There'll be rumors of wars, nation rising against nation, uh, kingdom against kingdom, famine, earthquake, uh, and, and persecution, killing, and hating. Uh, and then there's this great falling away that he talks about. Uh, and there's false prophets in verse 11. He says that love will, many will grow cold in verse 12. But look specifically here at verse number eight. This is very important, I believe. He says here, the birth pains, all these are the beginning of the birth pains. The actual pain a woman has in bringing forth a child is what he's talking about. It is the beginning of birth pain. Now, let me ask you a very simple question When does birth pain occur? Does it happen at conception? You say, well, that's ridiculous. What about during pregnancy? That's ridiculous. Birth pain occurs when? Just prior to birth. I remember when uh, my wife had our daughter, and uh, we were kind of going throughout the day, and she goes, I think it's it's time. Oh, okay. And she goes, I want to go get something to eat before we go over to the hospital because, you know, we might, might be in the hospital a long time, you know. And so we took our time. We went to, the, to, the, uh, uh, to a place and got a little sandwich. And she's like, yeah, okay, I'm feeling good. Let's, let's go over to the hospital now. And we go to the hospital, and the, uh, the person over there says, you're not ready. You go home. <laughs> okay. So we go home. It was like 4 o'clock in the morning. Mike, we got to go now. (laughs) Boy, what a difference. And really, that's where the birth pain is, right? Right prior to birth, the very end, that's the last thing that happens. It's when you know that you're there. It's coming. And really, you know, uh, for you ladies that... uh, Uh, have had children you know they hook you up to a monitor and they begin to monitor the uh, the contractions and and you see them they come and they go down and they come and then right prior to birth boy those contractions are so close together they're rapid fire contractions and Jesus is trying to teach us something here about his coming um, that uh, these birth pains will happen. They will continue to happen. Now, and no doubt, we can look throughout the church age, and we can see things that have happened. But is that the end? Is that the coming? Uh, let me give you a good illustration of this. Uh, turn to uh, 1 Thessalonians. Uh, look what he says here in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter number 5. Uh, Paul here is also talking about the day of the Lord, the coming. And look what he says in verse number 1. Now, concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. Why? Well, because we have what Jesus told us. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there's peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them. Now, look at this. As labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. So he's saying that the thief in the night, how does the thief in the night come? Quietly, unexpectedly, suddenly, it happens. Verse three, while people are saying peace and prosperity, everything's fine, what happens? Sudden destruction. The coming of Christ, it's sudden. It's, 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 the destruction is sudden, And then he says, as labor pains. So it's the same illustration. So when he wants to illustrate something that comes suddenly and devastatingly, he says, just before the day of the Lord, he uses this illustration of birth pains. So this is consistent with the use that Jesus has, birth pains. And you know, um, that's, that's what the, when he was talking to the disciples, that was something that they could understand. Birth pains, yes, the child is coming, Suddenly, here it is. Um, In 1 Thessalonians, that's the same illustration he uses here as well. Let's turn back over here to Matthew uh, 24. So our Lord is saying before the end, there will be a sequence of birth pains that will happen. Now listen to this. Birth pains come infrequently, right? They're infrequent. Until they're coming very frequent and sort of until that child literally just comes out of the mother. So they start infrequently and then they get rapid, more, 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 quicker, closer together until finally here comes the child. And so that's exactly the way it will be in the end time. There will come birth pains, events separated by distance, then less distance, less distance, more and more and more and more and more until finally uh, the coming of the Son of Man. So the frequency, the chronology of frequency becomes condensed more and more and more and more until finally the kingdom comes is what Jesus is trying to teach us. And so he's talking about the end time, just before the kingdom. So when will the end be then? Well, look how many indicators the Lord gives us in the mention of the end. Mark these in your Bible. Look at verse number 6. And you will hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet. Look at verse 13. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Look at verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Now, verse 15 is a, is a pretty interesting one. Look at, look at this one. He says this. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. In other words... Verse 15, he says, it's all going to break loose when you see this abomination of desolation. Now, what is that? Well, all you need to do is look at uh, Daniel chapter 9 and uh, verse 27 and also 1131 and uh, chapter 12, verse number 11. And uh, the Antichrist basically comes into the third temple, which has not been built yet, but they are already talking plans of building the third temple. They already got all the furniture together. They got a red heifer ready to be used for worship of sacrifices. So when the third temple is built, the Antichrist is going to come in, if you read Daniel. And he talks about that the Antichrist will make a covenant. And he'll come and he'll bring peace upon the earth. Everybody's saying, peace, 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 right? But then destruction is going to come. And so the Antichrist then creates sacrilege. He commits sacrilege upon the altar. There's a desolation, a a sacrilege of the altar. And that's when Jesus says, the end. Here it is. This is it. This is it. When you see this, he tells us that we're going to be going into this, uh, this time here. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place. Then look what he says in verse 16. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. So this final end is determined, It's done, it's poured out. Uh, in other words, this final judgment comes when you see this abomination of desolation Uh, by the Antichrist. And so it says here, verse 15, when you see this, he tells us this happens just before the Messiah sets up his kingdom and judges the ungodly. Now look at verse number 21. Look what he says. He says, for then there will be great tribulation, such has not been from the beginning of the world until now, no and never will be. So this tribulation is going to take place. It's going to be the worst time, the, the history of the world, is what Jesus says. It's going to be the end time, right? It has to be. This is it, right? It has to be the time when God's vengeance breaks out. But look at verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of these days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, the powers of heavens will be shaken, then, he says, will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So Jesus tells us here that this is when it's going to happen. You'll see the the abomination of desolation. He says, then the Son of Man, you'll see his sign, you'll see it coming, it's going to happen. Now look at verses 32 and 34, because this is really important. He then gives us this parable of this fig tree, this lesson from the fig tree. And he says, from the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So also, when you see all these things, what things? Everything he's been talking about. When you see these things... You know that he he is near at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation, what generation is he talking about? The generation that is seeing all these things. The generation that's presently seeing the abomination of desolation. They're seeing the hatred. They're seeing the falling away. When he says they see that generation will not pass away until what? Until all these things take place. And so he gives this parable of it and saying all these things will be fulfilled. Now, don't worry, we're going to break all this down in the, in the coming weeks here. But I just kind of wanted to give you an overview of the birth pains that are going to happen. And the Lord says these things will happen. And so the end of the age, the, the, the end of the, the, when Christ will return, it's not going to happen until there are those birth pains first. They're going to start out slowly. But they're going to become more rapid and more rapid more rapid until finally at the end, it's just a holocaust of things exploding all over the place. Now let's take a look at the first indicators of the sign of his coming. So here's the second thing. Deception is a sign of the end. Look at verses 4 and 5. And Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. So deception is going to be a sign of the end. Now we're not saying that there's no deception today, because there is. There's false prophets, there's uh, false teachers, there's a lot of that going on. Uh, but there's, there's going to be, during this time, in the end, everything is going to be heightened. Everything is going to be intensified. Everything is going to be escalated. There's going to be mass deception going on. And so we're looking at a time when deception is going to be at its fullest. And that's the first mark, the first sign of the beginning of the birth pains. And Jesus answered, literally, this is what he's saying, keep your eyes open, be watchful. So do you want to be prepared? Be watchful. You need to keep watch, understanding that deception will come. Don't be deceived. There are going to be people in that period of time that are looking for answers. I mean, think about this. The world is falling into chaos. Uh, There's there's rampant sin going all all over the place. And there's going to be many people saying, Hey, listen to me. I'm Christ. I, I got all the answers. And he says, you need to be watchful. Don't be deceived by that. And he tells us in verse 12 that lawlessness will increase. You know, we think it's bad now with everything that's going on. We think it's bad now. I don't think we'll even be able to fathom what it'll be like then. It's going to be horrific. And there's going to be mass deception going on. People looking for answers. And so he says, "Beware because of deception. Don't let anybody lead you astray. And you know, I, I believe that our world is, is being conditioned for this. Uh, you look at all the, the, the movie and TVs that are being put out there today, people's minds are being conditioned to be deceived. And we're taking that in. He says, "Don't be deceived." So here's a world falling apart, a world where all social relationships are disrupted, a world that is in economic chaos, a world that is living in mad, furious sinning, and everything begins to come to pieces. Everything begins to collapse, and the world is looking for leaders, and that is a world looking for messiahs, they're looking for saviors, they're looking for deliverers, and as soon as they start crying out for those kinds of leaders, there's going to be false messiahs all over the place saying, hey... I'm your guy. Listen to me. And he says, don't be deceived by that. Verse number five, look what he says. For many, see it? Many shall come in my name saying I am Christ. They're gonna be all over the place. And it says, and they shall deceive many. You know, you think we have our deceivers now? We do. We have our false Christ and our false messiahs. I came across the thing of five people today in the world that claim to be Jesus. You can look it up. Look it up on YouTube. It's up there. Five people that claim to be Jesus already. Um, but they're, they're going to be there. And they're going to be, people are going to be desperate. And these false Christs and these false messiahs, these false deliverers are going to be there uh, to deceive many people. And so he says, don't be deceived. They're going to come in in the end time, many who will deceive you, who want to believe that they are Christ, and they're going to come in, in the name of Jesus. And he says, saying that they're the Messiah, but they're really not. In Luke's account of this in uh, chapter 21, verse number 8, uh, Jesus says, see that you are not led astray for many will come in my name saying, I am he and the time is at hand. He says, do not go after them. In that day in a world that is in absolute desperation, a world that is screaming and crying for, for deliverers and for saviors, he says, don't go after them. He says, because this is the beginning of a birth pain. He says, this is the beginning of it, but don't, don't, don't be deceived by it. Uh, look at uh, verse number 23 in, in Matthew chapter 24. Look what he says here. He says, remember, this is, this is a terrible time going on. He says, then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform, look at this, great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect." In other words, they're not going to be just like some of the false teachers in this era. He says they're going to be able to do signs and wonders, perform great miracles, do some magical things. They're going to do supernatural demon-inspired deeds that are going to captivate the attention of the world. It's going to be more than just gold glitter coming out of air conditioning ducts. Okay? He says that he will be; these people will be able to deceive people. He says, "Don't go out after them. Don't be deceived." And in the merit of this false Christ, ultimately will culminate into one false Christ known as whom? The Antichrist. He's going to show up, and he's going to create the abomination of uh, uh, there on the uh, on the altar. And uh, Daniel tells us that uh, he's going to be so convincing and so deceptive that even Israel as a nation will make a covenant with him. You can read about it in Daniel uh, 9.27. And that's really how deceitful he is. You know, Scripture really has a lot to say about this Antichrist that's going to come and his power that's going to have to deceive people. Um, and we're, gonna look, we're not going to look at all these, but I'll give you the text if you want to study them on your own. It's uh, found in Daniel 8.27. Daniel chapter 11, Revelation 6, and Revelation chapter 13. So, Daniel 8, 27, Daniel chapter 11, Daniel, uh, or excuse me, Revelation 6, and Revelation 13. So, this mass deception that's going on that's going to be taking place the Antichrist will be set up as the savior of mankind to bring peace to all the chaos and mass confusion in the world. And he says, don't be deceived by it. So Jesus says, keep your eyes open. Be watchful for this sort of deception that's going to happen. So let's look at one more passage here, and then we'll close with this one. Uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. Look what, uh, what the Bible says here. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. And look at uh, verses 1 and 2. Now what was going on here is the people that were living in uh, Thessalonica here, uh, they were actually being told that Christ had already returned. And uh, they, were, they were worried about it. And so Paul writes to him, and he says, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Now notice this, verse number three, this is very important. Let no one deceive you in any way for that day, what day? The coming of our Lord will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed the son of destruction. Who is that? That's the Antichrist. And so he says, don't let anybody make you think we've entered into this day of the Lord. Why? Because before the coming of the Lord, there will be the revealing of this man, the Antichrist. And he comes and he deceives the whole world is what uh, Paul tells us uh, later on in verses eight and nine there. So prior to Christ's coming, there will be a lot of false Christ. So the first sign of the end of man's age is going to be deception. Deception that is so effective, it literally ultimately results in the deception of the whole wide world. And it's no wonder that the Lord says, don't be led astray. But here's the great thing about all this. If you know Christ as your Savior, you're a part of the elect. You won't be deceived by that. But he says you need to keep watch. You need to make sure. So what does this mean for us? Well, if you know Christ, you need to rejoice. Because why? Jesus is coming back. We're going to be worshiping in his presence. He's, for all, he's going to end all of this nonsense that's going on in this world. He's going to put an end to sin and this rebellion and the mockery of God. He's going to stop it all. And we ought to be thrilled uh, for that because the Antichrist will be destroyed. But at the same time, I think that we should be deep, deeply saddened because of those that do not know Christ. Because what's going to happen to them? They're going to be destroyed. Those that do not know the Lord. And uh, so I would encourage, uh, if there's anybody here, anybody. I don't care if you've been coming to church all your life, you're raised in church or even baptized if you've never put your faith and trust in Christ and Christ alone, repented of your sin and believed the gospel, uh, if, if you don't know Christ, uh, you're going to be in that group that is going to be deceived and uh, you will be destroyed. And so I encourage you to turn to Christ even today is what the scripture tells us. Do not harden your heart, um, but uh, r- receive the Lord. So we ought to be saddened at that. Um, because only Christ himself can, can save us from our sins. So we're gonna stop there for today, but we'll, we'll pick the rest of this up and I'll, I'll show you these, these other signs as we continue on through here in uh, Matthew 24. But let's pray together. If you're interested in more information about our church, or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church